for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Well, good morning everyone. It's great to be with you again and thanks to Emma from NGM for being part of our worship this morning. Uh, Haven't we been so blessed these past few months uh, with brothers and sisters from across the nations and from the UK as well as our own people from within our church uh, just sowing and singing and bringing God's word and encouraging us. Um, In the past number of years as you know we have sown into the nations and I just feel uh, it's part of the harvest coming back to us as a church as you've seen those friends and brothers and sisters of ours from across the world uh, bringing God's word and singing to us and blessing us uh, as they've come to us. It's so easy, isn't it, to forget how good God is. His goodness and his mercy follow us. They, they track us down uh, as we go through life. And we are, a, I believe, a blessed church. Uh, So let's thank him for his goodness to us. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us this morning. It would be so ridiculous not to realize and recognize that you are a good God and your goodness spills over into our lives. So we thank you, we bless you, we declare your goodness over us as families and as the family of God this morning. Now behind me you see a number of the books that are in my office but let's open, I mean I love books, but let's open up the book, the book, God's Word uh, this morning so that we might feast together, so that we might feed on God's Word and I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 16. If you've got a Bible then you grab it And you should have a Bible somewhere (laughs) in your home, but grab it and let's read from Matthew, first of all, Matthew chapter 16, and then we're going to spill into Matthew 17. And I want to talk to you this morning on the title, The Unequaled One. The Unequaled One. Now, I've given you a little bit of time to get your Bible, to turn to Matthew chapter 16. You know it's the beginning of the New Testament, first book. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to read from verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned, Jesus turned, and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offence to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Chapter 17, verse 1. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, the same Peter, James and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still saying those words, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the, the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces, and they were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and don't be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. They saw no one but Jesus only. And God will bless uh, the reading of his holy uh, word. So the verse, the title I want to speak to us this morning is The Unequaled One. The Unequaled One. We live in a day of heroes and we follow them don't we on want to be facebook or instagram maybe even twitter we signed up for podcasts we signed up for downloads we have our favorite writers which i've got behind me some of them favorite preachers fame uh, favorite leaders we follow them on our social media uh, they can be such a blessing they can be such an inspiration to us often we want to emulate them and Jesus was, in a sense, the disciples' hero, really a type of guru. You may or may not be aware that when Jesus was alive, there was a number of other spiritual gurus who wandered around from time to time. And they had their little posse of disciples as well. What's their names? You don't know their names. I don't know their names because, let me tell you, they weren't eternal. They had a beginning and they had an end. But Jesus, Jesus, remember the verses from John? In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing that was made apart from him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness 
did not comprehend it. That's your Jesus. He is, he was, and he will always be unequaled. And those verses that we read, it was about six days or so just after Jesus had told Peter to get behind me, Satan. And that Peter was not mindful of the things of God, but he was mindful of the things of men. Jesus, the light, is shining, but the darkness within Peter, as with any of us, does not always comprehend the light. Peter was mindful of the things of men. It's so easy, isn't it, to fill our minds with negative, cynical, pessimistic, anti-God opinions and thoughts. We're mindful of the media, full of the mind, mindful of the media and TV and perhaps newspapers, and they seek to form and manipulate and mold your opinions and your fears Ratings get better on the news when there's something fearful. I don't know if you know that. And your agenda. They seek to manipulate your priorities. And when you dig down, you will find that the people who set the news, prioritize the news, these people, these same people do not have the same priorities and belief system that you have. Then you have friends. And they give you all their thoughts and their opinions and we spend hours perhaps subconsciously filtering their views right or left or central conservative or liberal or socialist who's perhaps prophetic and who's not who's relevant and who's not who's with us and who's not with us everyone and I mean everyone has an opinion Everyone has a voice and our minds are filled with those voices and we mentally and spiritually perhaps drown in the sea of their opinions and their voices. I say all of that uh, to say this, what influence after all the influencers around you have directed their information at you what influence does the unequaled one get to have over you? What influence does he truly have in your life? Now, you might have been brought up, and I hope you, in a sense, were to have a quiet time, and that's great. You may have been encouraged to pray at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, a certain time, a certain place. But sometimes, you know, I can imagine the devil saying to his demons, let them have their 10 minutes. Let them have their even 20 minutes. Let them have their hour. Because you know what? There's another 23 hours in the day. And the media, they can use that. And the enemy uses the media to manipulate and dump garbage into the middle of your life. 23 hours to give you confusion. 23 hours of spiritual attack on you. 23 hours of noise and distraction. 23 hours to tempt you. 23 hours of negativity. 
just being broadcast, filtered into your life. 23 hours of garbage that they dump and can dump in your mind. And uh, one of my favorite writers uh, is a man or was a man called Zig Ziglar. And he gives the illustration of someone coming into your front room, your lounge. You know, your nice lounge that you've uh, kitted out. It's got a lovely couch and it's got lovely carpets. Uh, you've got a nice rug and you've got all your things there, all the photographs and everything else. And he says, uh, he gives the illustration of someone coming in with a couple of bags of food garbage, food waste. And they come into your lounge and they just open up the black bin liner and dump all their garbage in your front room. How would you respond? <laughs> You'd be mad, especially if you bought a new carpet or something. Uh, You'd be mad. You would not be impressed whether they were a friend or whether they were not a friend, whether you knew them or whether you'd never seen them in your life. You would have words. What are you doing dumping your garbage in the middle of my lounge? But let me tell you, you may have guessed what I'm going to say. That happens every single day of your life, but not to your lounge, but to your mind. The enemy comes and he dumps a couple of bags, if you like, of garbage into your mind every single day. That's how he uses the other 23 hours. He uses people, he uses broadcasts, and they dump garbage and they leave it there and it stinks and it rots and it begins to affect your behavior. Just as the same, if someone came into your lounge and dumped garbage there, that would affect your behavior too. You would immediately move it. You would remove it out and get it out of the house and get it into the trash can. But we don't do that in our minds. We let it happen. We let it stay there. We let it rot. We let it stench. And all the time, it's beginning to affect our behavior, our actions, our thoughts, and our attitude. And in the story, Peter has been rebuked by Satan, or because of Satan, I should say, and because Satan was using him to speak untruth to Jesus. And so he says, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And Jesus rebuked him for being more mindful of the things of men than the things of God. Peter was dumping the garbage that had been dumped in his life and he was dumping it in Jesus' front room. And Jesus immediately challenged him for doing that. Now, the Jewish philosophy was that the Redeemer would come in triumph and lead the Jewish people to victory over the Romans. And Jesus, this possible Redeemer, as his disciples saw it, could not be allowed to suffer and die because how could he win? How could he be victorious? How could they be victorious if he suffered and died? He wanted the Romans to suffer and to die, not his Redeemer. And it was Peter's flesh that was speaking. 
because his mind was full of men's priorities and agenda. And then Jesus turns to the other disciples and says, if you want to follow me, then deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Because if you want to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. Now, there's a deep truth here. Now, I want you to get a deep truth that you need to grasp. Because most voices are telling you how to save things, receive things, new encounters, new experiences, to better yourself, to get ahead, to get fame, to get money, to get honour, to get the glory, maybe even to survive even. Seven ways to win or ten ways to cross over or five ways to get ahead. But Jesus here is teaching us a deep spiritual truth that's not always popular today. That the way up to God is down. The way up, according to God, is down. That he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus made himself of no reputation. Jesus was exalted because he was obedient. Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 to 11 goes into all that. Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we need to continually upgrade our mind. We need to be mindful of him and we need to be mindful of his word. The way out for you is getting in to him. The way to prosper is to give. The way to receive and get a harvest is to sow. The way to be blessed in the future is to sacrifice now. And Jesus' words come screaming, don't they, out of the pages of Scripture. When he says, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world all of which he's physically and sacrificing for right now. What shall it profit him? And if he loses his own soul, what shall he give in exchange for his soul? Jesus says, if you go after everything your flesh wants, you may well get it. You may well achieve it. But what will be the cost? What will it cost you? There will be no profit spiritually if you don't actively give up ownership and control of your life. That's a kingdom truth. If you want a better life, give it away. Don't be a grasper, be a giver. Because your works for God, the word says, will bring rewards. Now after six days of saying all of that, Jesus walks with Peter and with James and John and they go up uh, a mountain. And when the three and Jesus were on top of the mountain, Jesus was transfigured right before their very eyes. Transfigured means to be transformed to something even more beautifully elated elevated and radiant. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became 
as white as the light. In Mark's description of the story, he says his clothes were exceedingly white, like no launderer on earth can whiten them. Whiter than Ariel, whiter than bold, whiter than pearl powder could achieve this whiteness that Jesus had. So Jesus is being transfigured before their very eyes and Jesus is talking away with Moses and with Elijah. What were they talking about? Well, they were talking about the very thing that Peter was trying to rebuke Jesus for at the bottom of the mountain, namely his death and his sacrifice. And here we have Peter's flesh and lack of self-control spewing out again and he dumps his garbage in front of Jesus and this time also God the Father and also Moses and also Elijah Peter speaks out his mindful of men's garbage he says Lord it's good for us to be here now if he just said that I guess everything would have been okay but he went on and he said, if you wish, let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter, this isn't about us. It's not even about Elijah and Moses. This wasn't about another one of your good ideas, Peter. It's about, and it's all about, the unequaled one. It's about Jesus. It's about the Son of God being recognised and revealed and respected by Almighty God. It was pure grace, actually, that they were allowed to be there. Down at the bottom of the mountain, there was a bunch of disciples who perhaps were not too happy that those three were up the mountain with Jesus. They were down at the bottom discussing probably what's so special about them three. It's only days since Peter has been rebuked and Jesus had told them off. This time it isn't Jesus. This time it's his Father. It's God Almighty, El Shaddai, who speaks from a cloud. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Peter, hear him. Peter, listen to Jesus. How would you like to be rebuked, uh, first of all, by Jesus and then rebuked by God the Father just a few days later? Can you imagine? Jesus is not some prophet. He's not some guru. He's the, the Son of God. He's the only Son of God. He's the begotten Son of God. He's unequaled. And his father says, listen, Peter, listen, everyone, listen to him. Never, ever let any other voice take over from the distinct voice of God in your life. Cultivate to listen for that voice. Never put anyone, anyone on the same pedestal and giving them more time and give them more space than you give to Jesus. He is the unequaled one. And when God the Father spoke on Jesus' defence, as it were, and proclaimed for them to listen to him, they fell on their faces and they were great, greatly afraid. I bet they were. 
So much so that when Jesus had to come along and touch them and says, come on, get up. Don't be afraid. That's grace. That's grace. That's so Jesus that he would come along when we feel condemned, when we feel convicted, when we feel a failure, he would come along and says, don't be afraid. Up you come. Back on your feet. And when it said, the Bible says, when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Do you know, when you come through things in your life and everybody ran away and everyone went in the opposite direction and no one was there for you and you felt dismay and you felt depressed and you felt down and you felt so aware of your sin and your, stupidi your stupidity, along comes Jesus. And when he's done that, and he's picked you up, you have eyes for no one else but him. Lift up your eyes, church, and see no one else but see Jesus this morning. He's the unequaled one. And that's the lesson we need to learn right there. Because the world will always lift up false agendas, false opinions, antichrists, if you want to put it that way. But the disciples, after God spoke, they saw only Jesus. I thank God that you are listening to God's word this morning. I thank, for, thank God for your loyalty in tuning in week after week. God has blessed us. But never, never let this service be the extent of your spiritual connection with God in any old week. Never let this be the only connection that you have. Give space for God to do a deep work inside of you. Give time to reflect on the unequaled one. Even if you can do it in your own, fantastic. If you can't do it in your own and you're surrounded with kids and you're surrounded with family and you're surrounded with everything, go inside just for a period of time and reflect on the unequaled one. Jesus, the Son of God, by his Holy Spirit residing inside of you. Go down deep. Do some interior work with God. Go down to the recesses of your heart and challenge, challenge what you find there. Find out what your core really is. Ask God to reveal the wickedness and the darkness that the enemy has dumped into your life, into your heart into your soul he's just dumped stuff and it's rotting away and God says this morning I want to come I want to help you clean up that mess if you have to stay up late do it if you have to go up early in the morning do it do it as you clean do it as you hoover do it as you do homework do it as you go to work do it as you come back to work whatever you do do it because if you do I want to make a promise to you this morning as I finish. Jesus will be transfigured in your life 
and his light will begin to reflect over what you do and where you go and what you say and what you do. His light will be blazing out of your life, if you like. You will reflect his glory in a way that you've never done before. I'm praying, pray earnestly this morning that you begin to realise you're not just following some prophet. You're not just reading some book. You're not just involved in some sort of faith or other. You've not got a bit of religion. I'm praying earnestly that you begin to realise there's one who has no equal, who wants to do life with you. He wants to bless you. He wants to inspire you. He wants to be with you. He wants to keep you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to give you a hope where there is no hope. He wants to give you a future where you see no future because he will lift you up. However, and for whatever reason you are down, he wants to lift you up and take you to the next level because he wants to fellowship with you. There was a reason he took them up the mountain. He wanted them, these three disciples in particular, to experience just a little bit of what would come in later days. So this morning, may I ask you just to come into his presence and seek him with all of your heart. Father, I thank you for your word to us this morning. That Lord, you are the unequal one. And we give you our praise. And we give you our worship. And we give you our adoration this morning. In Jesus' lovely and precious name. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcentre.com.